Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Imagine surrounding yourself with incredible women. Women who've overcome challenges, they've rebounded after failures and disappointments, and women who are not afraid to shine their brilliance to make a mark in the world. These women support other like-minded women because they know there is plenty of opportunity for everyone and that together we really can make a difference, grow our businesses while have fun along the way. This is what Women in Leadership Podcast is all about. Welcome. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Grab a cover of your favorite beverage, pull up a chair and let's get this conversation started. Welcome to another episode. So my guest today says a woman in her power raises everyone around her. And joining me on today's show is Dr. Sharon Malnick. She is a prominent global figure in women's success, resilience, and empowerment. She has a decade of research experience at Harvard Medical School, and her methods have been honed and tested by over 40,000 participants in coaching and training programs worldwide. Now, she is noteworthy for her impactful speaking engagements. She's captivated audience at prestigious venues like the White House, West Point, and United Nations. She is an accomplished author. Her books include In Your Power, React Less, Regain Control, Raise Others, as well as Success Under Stress. She's a sought-after executive coach for women executives. She's also the creator of the Next Level Leader Program, boasting a 92% success rate in propelling women to higher opportunities within a matter of weeks. She's also recognized as a Marshall Goldsmith top 100 coach and a leading voice in leadership by Leaders Hum. Her influence is undeniable. Now on today's show, she's going to share a little bit more about how to be less stressed and reverse burnout and exhaustion. She's also going to speak about how to get our good ideas heard so that we do not live in frustration of being unheard. I'm sure we can all relate to that in one way or another. She's also going to share about learning to respond and not to react so that we don't have to Rehash situations all day and all night. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. You are so welcome. Each of those particular areas, uh, I'm sure as women in leadership, whether it's in our business or whether it is for an organization, can relate to that. Let's just dive in because I know that there's a lot to unpack in each of these areas. There's a lot going on around in, in the world, let alone the normal day-to-day things that we, you know, that we need to manage in our businesses and in corporate. How can we start to be less stressed so that we can also reverse burnout, if that's something that we're experiencing in exhaustion. 
Yeah, it's definitely universal. And, you know, the way that we've been thinking about burnout and exhaustion is that it comes from too much to do. Now, look, I'm sure every one of you listening has too much to do, and it definitely overtaxes our circuits. But what I'm seeing is that burnout isn't coming from too much to do, but rather from too little power. So really, uh, if you want to start to reverse the way that you just feel so exhausted all the time, it's really about being more in your power, right? And the very first way that you can do that is to increase your sense of control. You know, we only feel stressed when there's aspects of the situation that feel out of our control, like it is that out of controlness. Um yes that makes us feel stressed. So really one thing that you could do and just make as a practice is as you go throughout your day to kind of sort out every challenging or stressful situation into what are the aspects of the situation that you can control, like this, your 50%, like what you, the part that you bring to it and distinguish that from the part of the situation that you can't control, kind of the other 50%, if you will. And you know, Anne-Marie, when you think about it, it's like every moment that you focus your attention on matters that you can't control, you leak your power. Mm. Like all that life force and know-how and good intention, it's just like, shh. So be impeccable for your 50%. And I'm not saying you have to be like a perfectionist or a control freak because the whole like takes one to know one thing, like I got it going on. Because really, that's trying to control like 100% of the situation. And what I'm saying is like, take 100% responsibility for your part, you know, and, and put your time and energy into being really effective there. It will get you so far toward what it is that you want. And you'll be so much more detached. And we can definitely get in more to like how you neutralize people who have negative energy around you. Like, I'm here for it. Oh, absolutely. I would love to dive into that as well. Because one of the things, and I love that you've reminded of, of that, and I'm sure we've all heard the sayings about, you know, um, like you can control the situation as far as what you think about a particular situation. But it, it's not just a saying or something that we've heard. We really can, as you say, step into our power by looking at well, what aspect of this do I have control over? And what am I, you know, leaking is is the energy that's leaking because when you talk about burnout and if you wanted to define what you say burnout is or what you believe it is there are different aspects that lead to that we can um, try and avoid that as we say before we even get to that situation of you know oh my goodness I just feel really burnt out talk a little bit about that and then let's dive into how can we um, protect ourselves step into our power or reclaim it when we're around um people who may, uh, yeah, do the opposite. So let's talk about burnout first. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, there are some formal or like technical definitions where it's an exhaustion that goes beyond like having a good night's sleep or, um, you know, and where you're to the point where you, you feel even cynical about whether you can make a difference and like whether you have any efficacy uh, in the situation, you really start to kind of get down on yourself. Um, you know, so there's, there are some like formal definitions, but I want to talk about it maybe a little bit more in an informal way where um, we just feel like um, situations, like it's just hard and things are just not the way that we think that they should be going, whether it's the way that I'm being treated or things, you know, uh, around me. And um, 
you know, a, a lot of uh, women, you know, we, we just, we're so angry. Okay. We're just like so angry, you know, about what's going on, but like, there's no sanctioned place for us to feel that, to express that. So we internalize it, we stuff it down. So I think a lot of us just feel kind of bogged down with frustration or with anger or, or even with just a sense of grief and loss about like how things are going and our sense of, we feel powerless, right? And, um, you know, when you're in that state and you feel powerless or what I call kind of out of your power, you'll know it because you'll you'll find yourself kind of in that mental swirl right you'll find yourself kind of emotionally hijacked you'll find yourself reacting and uh you, you know here's here's really a simple way to remember it is that when you're not in your power the way that you go through your day you feel like a thermometer meaning that it seems to you like your experience is like other people act and you just uh, react you know, it feels like, uh, you know, your mental and emotional state is kind of going up and down all day long. And it's exhaust. That's what's exhausting. And your experience is that you're more of the casualty than the creator of your experience. Mm. That's what it's like in many of us, many women, you know, we feel like a thermometer. And so what you want to do to get back in your power is to shift from being the thermometer to being the thermostat. Okay. When you're the thermostat, you set the temperature, you set the tone, you decide how to view yourself, what you believe about yourself, what your yes and what your no is. You have a vision for how this whole situation could be better between me and you on the team, in my business, in our industry, in our community. You have a vision of how things could be better and you know how to bring everyone else along in your vision. And then it's just like better and you get the outcome that you want to advance your own career or whatever is going to be good. But not only that, but you make it better for everyone around you. And that's why you want to be the thermostat because when you're when you're not in your power, you know, when you're the thermometer, it's like you could start to show up as a diminished version of yourself. Mm -hmm. When you're burned out, you know, you're really going to feel that. And the way that you try to make the situation better usually makes it worse. Or it just perpetuates it not getting any better because you'll be like, well, I said something or you're hoping for them to change or, you know, and then everyone's like more entrenched and more hopeless about the situation. But the moment, the moment that you step into your power, you shift the power dynamic yeah. and then you can see solutions that you haven't seen and make it better for everyone. Yeah, because as women, and, and I'm sure men can relate to this as, as well, but we can have conversations and arguments and debates in our head without the other person. So we may think, well, I'm just going to ignore it. However, energetically, we are still expending, if I can, the energy around that. And we, as you say, we continue to, to bring that with us because we're internalizing it. And that's when we can, things will trigger us, you know, that, as you said, um, the thermometer rather than being the, the thermostat. And I think, I love the way that you explained that because I'm sure some, some women would be thinking, oh, that's what I feel. I didn't realize that. We may not realize that, hang on a minute, what's, what you're experiencing um, is not just something that 
you know, is something that you have to go through. There are things, there are steps that you can take. So I'm glad that you explained that because what I have found in situations too, that the motion can start to wear you down physically. I'm so exhausted. Tasks that I used to enjoy doing, there there is that, that passion, you know, that no longer I don't feel. So that can impact us physically as well, can't it? That's burnout right there. Yeah, yeah you, you're so on it. You got it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about something else that I know a lot of uh, women can be um, having that internal stress and that that voice inside their head and frustration. They have a good idea. Um, they may share it. How often do we hear this? I shared this idea, then, the, you know, was, was kind of shushed in the, the boardroom. Um, and then someone else mentions it and it's the best thing since sliced bread or an idea is taken. You share it with someone that you confided in and then the next minute they're launching that in their business. We we can live in frustration if that happens, of not being unheard or someone steals your idea. Speak about how we can uh, work through that. Yeah, so many listeners are rolling your eyes right now, aren't you? We've been there, right? And um, it is very common. And I would say that there's uh, at least two contributors to that. So one has to do with the uh, kind of effectiveness that you bring to influencing or communicating. So we can talk about that in a minute. And then the other is a context of gender and um, racial bias that we know that this is true. Actually, this has been researched that women are interrupted, that their ideas are not picked up in the same way. And then, um, you know, guy down the table, you know, from you is going to say it in the same way and it's going to be picked up. So I I can address both of those. Um, Let me start with the first one. And, you know, you are so insightful, Emery, because you said it just a few minutes ago when you said that you have a good idea and then it's like you're, you know, repeating it to yourself in your own mind. You're sharing it with a friendly audience and so convinced of how right you are, right? And then what happens is that when you come to share that with your manager or, um, you know, uh, someone, you know, potential client or, you know, someone you're trying to influence a policymaker, et cetera, is um, that you say it to them in the same way that you talk to yourself about it. Yeah. You know, that's a no, no. Um, And uh, cause really uh, you're asking it from your point of view and not from theirs. And really, um, you you always want to kind of take your own head off and you want to think about it, you know, in terms of what's in it for them. And uh, I, I see this a lot, actually, is, you know, women with like terrific uh, ideas. And and just like you said, you know, they'll, they'll kind of say like, well, I said something. So they like kind of mentioned it in passing, you know, um, to their manager. But maybe maybe they weren't impeccable for their 50 percent. You know, maybe, maybe you haven't said it in a way that really gives it its best opportunity to be picked up. And then you um, get out of your power around it. Then you blame the other person. They're not, they're deliberately not listening to you. They don't care about you. You know, you take it personally and then you're creating a negative spiral, like a vicious cycle, you know, a negative spiral when it could be the case. And we'll turn to that next that they, you know, weren't open to it, but uh, like so often, I'll just tell you from my experience of coaching clients is they'll, they'll come in hundred percent of the time saying I'm not heard. But then when they know, like, I, I mean, I even, I have so many examples, but just one, like, 
there was a, a woman who was in a sales uh, group at a, a Fortune 50 company, and she said, for six years, I've been asking the head of the you know sales team for certain kind of assignments and resources, and every time I get a no, even though we're award-winning, there's so much gender bias here. You, know, you can only imagine. She said, it's starting to affect me. My numbers are down. I'm going to have to leave, and I feel like a victim. That's what she said to me, and I said, look, Let's uh, try, uh, you know, a new approach. Let's see if it could be more effective. If not, I'll help you figure out, you know, kind of your next steps. She's like, great, I'm game. So um, she said, I don't know how we're going to do this. You know, in our first discussion, my boss is narcissistic and he only manages up and all that. And I said, you know, where someone has a motivation, you can leverage it. So she just made those same asks, but she put it in terms of not this language, but it was it was more, you know, kind of respectful and sophisticated in the way that we scripted it. But she essentially put everything in terms of how it was going to make him look good when he granted these things it was going to make him look good in front of his leadership. Three days later, I get an email from him. I had a meeting with my manager. I got every single thing I asked for. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, she went on. I mean, she won the biggest, you know, enterprise-wide deal of her career. She put $100,000 extra commission in her pocket that year, and she was promoted. So now she's doling out the assignments, you know, um, on uh, the team, and she can do it in a way that is more intentional and equitable. But it's just an example. Even someone who seemed to have so little care about her, but she hitched onto the thing that he does uh, care about. She aligned with what was in it for him. Yeah. And that's such a great reminder, isn't it? The idea that we can have could be the idea that the organization, or if you're in your own business uh, or for a client that they need to hear. However, it's the delivery and the mechanisms that we use to share that idea that is going to make an impact and have that influence and doing it through the lens of, as you said, what, what is going to really impact in her instance, her direct manager, the leader, um, then he got buy-in. So it's often the business case. How are we expressing it? Could we change, you know, could we change our language around that? And if we think about our own business, we know that, don't we? Um, when we're creating marketing material, if we've got a team that creates marketing material, we need to look through the lens of what is going to capture the attention of our ideal client. It's not that our idea or service offering or product is... Um, not, you know, making the grade, but it's how are we expressing it? How are we delivering that? So I, I love that. We don't need to live in frustration. Don't need to live in frustration. What about then if you are working with someone or you have shared an idea, you've got, you know, you've confided, you've got a confident, but unfortunately they have been unscrupulous in their dealings and have taken that idea and claimed it as their own or they've run with it and there all of a sudden is your idea success after success but it was your idea how do we handle that yeah grr right <laughs> you know for for anyone who's experienced that uh i'm i'm sure you've been uncredited uh in that way and um you know i would be in favor of speaking up and saying something. Uh, you know, again, um, I think that there are res uh, respects. So actually, um, you know, in my book, In Your Power, there's there's a whole, um, the book is based on 12 power portals. So 12 yeah. ways of being in your power in any situation. And one of them is about how to turn a no into a yes. So we just had one mm -hmm. example, you know, from that. Yeah. And, um, and then there's another uh, chapter that is really on, sharing your powerful truth. Mm. 
And I think this would be an opportunity, really, um, for how to share your powerful truth. And um, I know that a lot of um, women might feel like they they can't say anything or they shouldn't bring it up or or they don't want to be rude or they don't want to be accusatory and all these kinds of things. And um, I think if there's a factual truth, um, you know, that you did the work and uh, are not being uh, credited uh, with it, then... I would encourage you to say something. And I, I think that you could say anything as long as you do so in a way that could be received and acted upon by the other person in a way that is respectful and, um, you know, helps them understand how to kind of learn and do it better. So uh, I think there could be a few ways that uh, you could bring it up. I mean, you could ask, uh, you know, I mean, just to be um, included. You, um, I think a, a great thing to do is... Um, uh, to ask to attend the meeting where the material is going to be discussed, because then when the question gets asked, it's going to be clear that your manager, who to, or whoever took Why the information, did you come up with that idea. I'd, I'd love to unpack that. What led yeah. you to that idea? He's not going to be able to answer. It's a perfect opportunity for you to chime in and kind of showcase, you know, your talents, and. Um, you know, any time that there is a, a kind of a slight or a microaggression, uh, you know, a really neutral way of bringing that up is um, by using the phrase intent versus impact. Um, and so, uh, you know, you can always say to the person, um, I um, I uh, imagine your intent was to kind of, uh, you know, to showcase the work of the team or something that, you know, kind of, you want to try to make the person right, because if you accuse them, then immediately they're going to be defensive. And then, you know, then the person has to like defend themselves, you know, and you're, you're not going to get kind of the outcome that you want. So you, you want to try to make them right wherever possible. Um, and then say, I, I, I bet that that was your intention. And the, the impact uh, was, is that, um, you know, myself or myself and other people or whatever are, are the ones who are really close to the data. And um, this way, people aren't uh, going to know who to reach out to in yes. order to you know, follow up uh, questions. Or I might, um, that's one way. Or another thing that I might do is, um, this is a secret ninja tactic. Ready, Anne-Marie? This is really okay. great. We won't tell anyone else. <laughs> just, just just girls here. And, <laughs> and um, but one thing that influencing. Yes. One thing that's super ninja in terms of influencing is um, when you connect somebody to an identity that they value, and then when you ask them something um, that is about aligning with that identity, it's hard for them to say no or or not do it. So if you can like thank your manager for um, giving you exposure or helping to you know have discussions about your career path or agreeing to you know put you in front of senior leaders that kind of a thing and ask um, if uh, your if your name can be credited, uh, you know, if your name can also be credited or if you could attend that meeting. It's so when you thank the person for uh, helping to support you and then you ask them to do something to support you, it creates a lot of cognitive dissonance for them to not do so. So you see, even when it feels like there's nothing that you could do and you feel powerless, there's always ways for you to be in your power. Mm. What I love about what you've just shared is it really reminds us there are lots of different ways that we can approach that and look at it. What can I do differently to remain in my power so that others are also aware 
perhaps, you know, expressing it in a different way, business case, making the others look good. But what I'm really hearing, and this is such a good reminder to us all, what we don't want to have happen is we create an internal dialogue that my ideas are always taken. And so you end up sharing with no one. That's what we want to stop. And I just love how you've uh, given us the opportunity to look at, okay, well, what can I do differently to um, so that this situation doesn't happen uh, again? And I love the way that you, you shared the first example, because when we contribute to someone else looking good, as you said, your client, she rose and now she's in, in part of that. So by not changing the, the, her approach, she may still be grumbling or, or gone and moved to another uh, organisation, but she still would have had that that hurt and, and that ill, you know, that feeling of, oh, I'm glad I left that situation. It wouldn't have been handled in such a way that she's reclaimed her power. So I love that. Let's talk about, because what will happen if we don't deal with that, we will continue to react versus responding and rehashing things over and over again. How do we start to learn to respond rather than react? Yeah, I, I think that's, uh, you know, it's one of the number one questions I'm asked, Emery. I think we are all feeling so reactive uh, these days. There's just so many uh, things every day can just feel like a battle, you know. And um, I think what you were just talking about, that kind of, you know, internal like mental swirl that we get into, it's very relevant to reacting. And, and really the message that I'm trying to get across here is that um, no matter what's going on uh, around you that kind of kicks you out of your power, there's always things that you can do to get back into being good in you. And when you're good in you, when you're in your power, the way that you will approach the situation, you will be able to see the situation more objectively. You won't be looking to the other people in order to know whether you're doing a good enough job because you just know that you're doing a good job. You just kind of trust yourself. And so you're not setting yourself up to take things personally, to make things mean something about you when objectively it doesn't mean something about you. You know, you're not kind of putting that narrative onto the situation. And that's really going to help you to kind of get above that personalized response and uh, to be able to think through uh, the situation, like what's really going on here in the context. I think it's like a great um like rule to kind of require yourself is to look at any situation from like a three-dimensional perspective. Like, what am I thinking and feeling? What is going on for the other person? And then what are we creating between us? You know, what's maybe more of an objective story? And this is, I, I just want everyone listening to appreciate that as human beings, the way that we are hardwired is um, that all incoming stimulation and information goes through our emotional centers. And literally, it passes through the part of our brain, the primary question of which is, what does this mean about me and mine? And how is this going to affect me? Like, we're, we are so set up to take it personally. Mm -hmm. And you have an opportunity. And then that puts us out of our power. Because when we're in that emotional state, literally, and I mean this literally, the emotional centers of your brain are cut off from your rational thinking centers. Like they're calling and nobody's picking up. 
like literally, until you do something to reconnect your emotional and your quote unquote rational thinking centers where you can think clearly and get above the situation. Yeah. That's why, you know, and and um, in my book, you know, in your power, there's a, there's a whole uh, kind of portal that is that is um, dedicated to things that you can do to get out of that emotional reaction mm-hmm. and to be intentional. Like, who do I want to show up as? in this situation. And then to make that your come from and, and to be able to, because remember when you're in your power, you raise everyone around you. So you want to be the one who can kind of say, and who do I need to show up as in order to see kind of what's going on for me and for everyone and, and shepherd all of us, you know what I mean? To kind of a better way of uh, doing things. And for every one of you who want to be a leader in your family, in your company, in your community, that is where you start because everyone else is being reactive. And this is a chance really for you to be above it, for you to stay good in you so that you can make it better for everyone around you. Yeah. The reminder of looking at it, well, you know, questioning, and I always, I always lead from curiosity or, or saying, oh, isn't that interesting? Interesting about how you are, what's going on for you? Interesting from a point of view of the other person's perspective, because, um, you know, once we start to do that, we can then with more interest and curiosity think, how has that person responded and reacted or why? Because often you said we take that personally. Um, they did that because they're personally attacking me because what we've done is we've had a previous experience and now we're measuring this same situation in exact through the same lens, that you know, with this person, which can be absolutely, you know, um, untrue. I'll give you an example. And I think I heard this on a previous show. You know, you could be sitting across someone, whether it is a leader or someone from your team or a, a client, and they're looking at you with a certain expression and you're thinking, they're looking at me, they're unhappy. And this, this person could be thinking, did I did I switch the light off or did I turn off the stove? You know, that kind of thing. And all the internal dialogue that we've just invested um, on a completely, you know, um, incorrect assumption we do respond and react a lot of times through assumptions, which are just not true, isn't it? It's uh, it's so true. And that's why you really want to check yourself and kind of require yourself, you know, to, to really look at the context and, and tell kind of alternatives, you know, to, to your first narrative. And um, there's something that I really want to encourage uh, all of you to uh, do, which is that Remember, we were talking about how we're just so bogged down, you, you know, that there's so much frustration and resentment and blaming and anger, and um, we don't we don't have anywhere to put it, and it just accumulates in us, you know. And that's what it takes a lot of energy to not be angry. It's like an encaged tiger, you know, and um, and it makes us so cranky. Like who here just feeling cranky, you know, like a lot. And so, um, you know, there's, uh, you know, again, there's like that whole chapter in the In Your Power book about things that you could do to kind of move that emotion through. Um, But there's, you know, one favorite uh, that I have um, and uh, it's uh, dance breaks. And this this is so fun for women. And um, so now I've actually started incorporating this into my uh, keynotes. And I was giving a virtual keynote um, a couple of weeks ago for women around the world who are on the front lines doing global development. I can only imagine how 
you know, very frustrated and bogged down and internalizing of, you know, oppression that they feel. And um, so I said, you know, we have to move that emotion through our body in order for you to have mental clarity and, and open, you know, open yourself to fill that back up with joy and with pleasure. And so I said, we're going to do like a rage dance break. And I put on a song that was really like, a, like move it through, you know, kind of, and they were like, we love it. We're going to do this. And they're like getting together and they're like with their friends and like doing dance breaks. That's a fantastic thing to do with girlfriends. But if not, do it in your own living room or wherever you are working, um, you know, remote, involve your kids. And um, I have put together playlists, um, playlists for anger, playlists for kind of grief or sad or disappointment. Um, and uh, you, I'm going to give you the link where you can access them. And like one or two minutes really of just doing like a rage dance break, you're in a totally different mood. And the it's only energy. <laughs> so fun. And it's so fun to do it together with girlfriends. Like, you know, if you can schedule it or do it a pop up, you know, when you need it. And here's the rule is um, whenever you do a dance break, whatever the emotion is, you kind of get it out, but you always have to end with uh, a song that sort of lights you up or turns you on. So I also have a playlist for, um, you know, kind of fun, turn on, light you up or sexy, sensual kind of song. So I have all these playlists. I'm going to give them to you and then you can customize it for whatever, like, you know, the songs that you love added on to with your girlfriends. Um, and so do that dance break and then turn it on uh, at the end. And the message is, it's sort of like whatever was going on with you over here, like mm -hmm. I know how to get back to good in, in me. Like I have sovereignty and I know how to show up as who I need to be in order to make it better for everyone else. So the um, the uh, place that you can get these playlists uh, is at www.inyourpowerbook.com, inyourpowerbook.com. And, uh, oh, I can't wait uh, to hear from you and um, which songs you're using and, um, and which you love. And I think we should just grow uh, the playlists and, um, you know, just let, let's call dance breaks for your listeners. I mean, yeah. it's just so fun and connecting and when you keep that emotion bogged down and you, they're winning. No, mm -mm. no. Nope. And it's important, isn't it, to incorporate whether it's dance breaks. I know for myself, I mean, I love dancing too. I, I do it alone um, because I just, I don't know, I just enjoy doing that, that just dancing and, and music. But I love yeah. going out into nature uh, yeah. or walk yes. at the beach. It's important for us as women to incorporate that into our schedule, isn't it? it in fact, for me, I know my energy levels are down. I need to do that. So I have to incorporate that into my day. And it's a way that I replenish my cup, so to speak, and, and my energy levels. It's important, isn't it? And we often as women put ourselves last and our needs last. It's just something oh. that we <laughs> So last and never, like last and then, you know, and kind of never. And, um, you know, one of the things that uh, like a dance break or anything that you can do to kind of really move that emotion through is really kind of the first step. And the, the second step that completes the equation is to then fill yourself back up mm -hmm. uh, and with joy and with pleasure and most women are not going through the day asking themselves the question and, 
and what would feel good to me? And what, what do I need? Situation <laughs> like, and when you're in that emotional state, literally, like that is not the question of of that emotional state. You know, that isn't the question of a more r- relaxed or empowered um, kind of state. So, I want this uh, to be a challenge for all of your listeners. You know, to go to start doing pleasure research, to be going through your days and asking, like, what would feel good for me in this situation? You know, whether it's what I'm going to eat or what I'm going to drink or what I'm going to, what the feeling of the, my clothes, you know, n- you know, next to my skin or putting on really something snuggly before you, you know, sit down to watch TV or go to bed. Or, I mean, it, it, it could be anything and kind of, you know, everything, what, um, you know, uh, taking a few minutes for yourself out in, in nature. Um, and it just, uh, changes everything. And, um, you know, I, um, have a, a a program called Flirt Your Way Through the Day, and uh, a, 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 you know one of the women said um, as she started to do pleasure research, she said, you know, I came home today and I told my family, I told my family what we were going to have for dinner rather than ask them, and she and she was like this was revolutionary. You know what I mean? Like that I decide, you know what I mean? And like when her husband asked, what do you want? She's like, this is what I want. You know what I mean? And she actually had an answer, not like, oh, whatever you do what you want. And then she, she makes him wrong for it. Like that doesn't serve, you know, anyone. So go out and do pleasure research and start to build up like a whole portfolio of like what feels so good to you and what and not so good. I don't want to do it, you know, again, and, and share uh, with your friends and just don't make yourself wrong. It's all research. Yeah. Love that. Love that. And is the best way to get in contact with you um, through the, in the power book, in your power book, or is there other ways that you um, others can connect with you? Thank you so much. Uh, so to uh, purchase the book and to kind of get those, the playlists and all the other resources about how to be in your power, uh, in your uh, to connect with me directly. It's, uh, at my website name, Sharon Uh, and I'd love to connect on, on LinkedIn, uh, as well. And I'm so grateful to talk to you about this. And remember when a woman is in her power, she raises everyone around her. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and lifting us up uh, through the insights that you have shared. Really appreciate that. And absolutely, everyone, connect with uh, Sharon over on LinkedIn and in your personal website or in uh, yourpowerbook.com as well. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Anne-Marie. Before I go, are you a coach or a consultant who feels like the world's best kept secret? Your experience is vast, yet secretly you're frustrated because despite all of your hard work, you're just not getting the visibility, the recognition or new clients you'd hope for and you don't know why. I've created a free resource that'll help you build visibility, generate leads and enroll dream clients with ease because you're seen as a trusted authority, even in a crowded marketplace. And you've Position yourself as the choice versus just a choice for your dream client. To get started, go to annemariecross.com forward slash gift. That's annemariecross.com forward slash gift. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.